Sammy, you you often remind me of the slash to my Axl Rose. Oh God, why? Because you can't hold a candle in the cold November rain. <laughs> Let's start the show. <laughs> Good, I thought it was going to be about drugs, which I don't do. Hello and welcome to the Drunkard United Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League as told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the way from me is the right-hand man to my broadcasting brilliance, Samuel Graham. Sammy, how you doing tonight? I'd prefer color to your outline, is what I prefer, okay? Uh, I'm not doing too bad. How are you? Uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, I, I, I like football. Uh, yeah. yeah, it went all right. Oh, uh, we are recording at Studio H just outside our nation's capital. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play if you're a weird Android user. Subscribe, rate, and write a quick review. We'd love to hear from you. Sammy, tell the good people how they can get in touch with us. Sure. On email, we are dufootballshow at gmail.com. And on all the socials, at dufootballshow. Uh, That's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Very good. Very good. Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirits industry, and we both have a deep, passionate love for distilled spirit. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we vow to have a drink in our hand throughout this and every single show. Sammy, what are we drinking tonight? Uh, whiskey without the E, which is always fun. Um, this I- one is called Rock Oyster. It comes from Douglas Lang. Uh, it's a vatted malt. Meaning it's a blend of only single malts, no grain whiskey in there. Yeah, it's a category a lot of people don't know about. Yeah, it's uh, I have written here it's the third and lesser known category of Scotch whiskey. <laughs> well done, Sam. Um, <laughs> Douglas Lane, uh, in their portfolio, has a whiskey that pretty much represents every region of Scotch making, um, which would be the Lowlands, the Highlands, Speyside, and Isla. This particular one, though, represents uh, and is indicative of the quote-unquote other islands. Um, not coming in at 93.6 proof, uh, and it'll run you about 55 to $59 on the shelf. Yeah, there's a couple of really great other single malts that people don't know about that come from other islands within Scotland. Everybody always thinks Isla, 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 which is the big, huge PD whiskeys. Right. Um, so, say like uh, Orkney Island, where uh, Highland Park is, mm-hmm. which is, everybody just thinks Highland Park because it says Highland and it is a Highland whiskey. Right. Just happens to be an island all the way at the North Highlands. Right. Or like the Isle of Skye, where Talisker is made, which is one everybody mm-hmm. really loves as well. Yep. So, what I like about this is it's got a little bit of peat to it, but it's got this lovely, like, saline kind of brininess to it that's... You know, they don't call it rock oyster by mistake. Right. It's got that great little kind of seafoody. This would be great to sip with oysters. With an oyster. Oh yeah. my god, it'd be so good. The um, other brands that kind of have that similar brininess, you would think of Shavas mm-hmm. uh, and um, Old Pulteney, uh, the northernmost distillery on the mainland. Yeah, good pull. Um, yeah, that are all aged outside and get that sea air um, beaten down on the barrels, uh, which is pretty cool and just gives it a, a fun little different you know thing to it. Really does. So, uh, Sammy, let's have a great show. Yes, sir. Wow, was I wrong. Sam, we have one less team in the ranks of the unbeaten. That's right. Tottenham Hotspur 3 put in the boots to Chelsea's 1. 
The boots. The boots. I thought you were going to say stones, and then you switched, <laughs> right? No, I was going to say boots. I just didn't come <laughs> off correctly. So, thanks, thanks for thanks for helping me out there, partner. No problem. Uh, come on, come on, Slash. You're supposed to be my right hand man. And didn't Guns N' Roses fight all the time amongst Axel and Slash? Don't we fight all the time? <laughs> exactly. <you> right. So <laughs> what's what's your point? You're supposed um, to be more supportive to your front man. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna just go stick this needle in my arm again. Uh, <laughs> any that that don't we don't endorse drugs. Um, back to the football. Uh, Chelsea were absolutely blitzed in the opening stages by Tottenham. Um, they were Tottenham was two 0 up inside the first 20 minutes. Uh, Deli Alley had a neat little flick uh, there at the front post. Um, if I think it was Eric uh, Erickson's free kick. Both both the first two goals off of uh, Erickson's were Erickson, assist. Yeah. Um, but a great free kick into a dangerous area, and Deli Alley kind of reacted first, just got a, a, a quick little flick to it, and Keppa just wasn't ready. Almost went right between his hands, and he kind of clapped as he was trying to catch it. Uh, it was kind of a schoolboy error. He really should have been more on his toes. Okay, if Keppa wasn't ready for that one, then what the hell do you call goal number two? So, now with that, um, I think Harry Kane brilliantly uh, used the defender to block uh, Keppa's eyeline. Um, first, which gave him a moment of hesitation. Leaned a little left, yeah. and then the ball just went right, and he just, just kind of, exactly. as you like to call it whenever it would happen to me, tree trunking. Yeah, where tree trunk. The, he was the, rooted the to the spot. get down, and you'd just be like, oh, shit, I'm that, just going to watch that go in. That's right. Yeah, he was rooted to the spot. Um, the other thing is Harry Kane kind of gave a little drop of the shoulder as well, and it, I thought, as I was watching the match, I thought he was going to go far post, which most players in that position are taught to do, and – tend to do to be honest with you I mean you think of Jesse Lingard's goal a, a few weeks yeah. ago and from a similar position yeah. just kind of you know rifled far, into that far corner yeah, far corner um, lifted up and lifted what up is and it, see uh, if the keeper can get to uh, it we'll come on to it a little bit later but Armstrong's goal for Southampton yeah um, he smashed it granted mm. but similar position and rifled it into that far corner uh, away from the keeper's reach but I think he just caught Kepa off guard I think Kepa you know tried to anticipate and just found himself rooted to the spot and outsmarted by Harry Kane, which is really weird because you look at an interview with Harry Kane, he's an idiot. <laughs> Settle down now, killer, just That's because a dig. you don't like the team. <laughs> That's a dig. Um, I, I, I got to tell you, it's um, now two weeks in a row that both Everton and then Spurs figured out Jorginho. He had nothing. There yeah. was no answer he could not get off the passes he likes to get off yep Conte's playing out of position is it time to maybe swap Conte back there and kind of solidify things I, a little? I don't know about swapping I think he needs to drop Conte in alongside Jorginho um Jorginho is very slow as we saw from Tottenham's third goal uh where he had a couple of steps on um uh human song and he got down uh to the touchline with him son basically just slowed down. And when Jorginho started to slow down, Son used his explosiveness to just create three or four more yards and rounded him very easily. That goal, whoa. I know. And, and the way he baited in David Luiz into the challenge, I think it was David Luiz, yeah. uh, and rounded him and then just slotted away brilliantly. Um, it was a great solo goal, really was. Dribbled the whole way down the field with his right Switched over, put it away with his left yep. easily. I mean, textbook. and and made made two Chelsea players, two world class players, look like schoolboys. 
So, okay, so back to the thought of uh, Conte and Jorginho together. Are you saying maybe they go with a four in the back, two defensive midfielders, three midfielders, maybe have Hazard on one side, Willian, Willian, Willian on the other side, uh, Barkley in the middle, and then do a lone striker, uh, Morata? Well, I, or... I was thinking maybe do do like a, uh, a three at the back, again, go back to that, mm-hmm. do four across that second line. So you have your two wingbacks and then Conte and Jorginho. Mm-hmm. And then you would do three, right? Which would then be how many is that? Ten? Yeah. That's ten already. Yes. Three, four, two, one is yeah. what I'm trying to say. Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I gotcha. <laughs> My bad. Have it. Um and just counting have, is fun. I know. Just have um just have Willian and Hazard or Pedro and Hazard mm-hmm. kind of running amok in free rolls beyond those two defensive midfielders and the width being provided by maybe Victor Moses again or Aspilicueta, um, and then by uh, Alonso on, uh, down the left. So um, I just can't help but think that, like I said earlier, a blueprint has now been written. Yeah. The league is going to take note. Yeah. This is how you can slow Chelsea down. For sure. Sorry's got to have another answer. So he's, he's got to change it up. Defensively, what Tottenham did essentially was Deli Alley was no more than two yards away from Jorginho at any given moment, right? They also pressed through um, Sissoko, right? And then you had Eric Dyer at the base to kind of clean up any of that, uh, any of the the balls Chelsea were trying to play out to their to their mid, the rest of their midfield. Eric Dyer was kind of tending that area by himself. Um, if you give Jorginho a partner, you know, that occupies both Sissoko and Deli Alley, you can either bypass them over the top, uh, where Marata or Giroud, um, you know, could play a point man, something like that. Um, or, you know, you just have that extra player for some movement inside to try and confuse their their uh, their midfield. Um, but they were completely overrun by having the two up top in midfield. Right, having an upside-down triangle, basically, with Dyer at the base and then Sissoko and Ali next to each other. Um, Jorginho was completely overrun. Uh, I'll make a comparison to it later, something that I really liked with what Everton do, did, and we'll talk about it later. But um, Gomez and uh, Idrissa Gay are really making a nice partnership as far as Gay kind of takes care of all of the defensive ugly work. Yep. And then Gomez really starts to kind of prod and make the passes. And there's this kind of right. safety valve behind Gomez to kind of let him know, okay, I can yeah. I can go. I can try to create. I can try to be yeah, a little Yeah, so he aggressive. almost used the – it was almost like Sissoko was a box-to-box. So defensively, yeah. he would drop in next to Dyer. Mm-hmm. And Deli Alli would be the only one at the tip of that triangle. But – at the beginning stages, like from a, 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 a short free kick or from a goal kick, for instance, from Chelsea, Sissoko pushed up and occupied that space. And George, and with Deli Alley being not very far from Jorginho, they had an extra man up front. And there was, you know, Chelsea just couldn't deal with it and no answer for it. So a little bit of um, what many may consider a throwaway goal, but for Chelsea, honestly, a big goal. Uh, your, your old gooner, um, Olivier Giroud. Love scoring against Tottenham. Got, got ahead on it. Yeah, the uh, that that big, beautiful, meaty French forehead of his, uh, <laughs> just nodding one in uh, right at the death. Good for him. I'm yeah. happy for him. They 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 need him scoring. I mean, yeah. yet, yes, yes, he's done all the thankless work, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, now they they need goals striker, from somewhere other striker than got to score goals. Yeah, That's they a need goals job. from somewhere other than Hazard. And and uh, we <laughs> saw you know without him doing much, 
Chelsea's a much different team. Uh, and don't worry, now apparently, uh, uh, according to him, he's leaving in January. You know, who's rude? Yeah, uh, no, no. Um, oh, Hazard? Hazard going to Madrid in January. He ain't going he's, anywhere. He's running his mouth to the press like crazy. It's pretty he's bad. He's not going anywhere. Sammy, the two remaining unbeatens are still unbeaten. Yep. Uh, you had in a basically a training match, which is what we say each and every single week. Manchester City beat West Ham four <laughs> yeah, nil, and Liverpool defeated Watford three nil. Finally, putting the foot on the throat of a team, which was nice to see. Let's uh, first hit off with uh, Manchester City versus West Ham. First three goals all inside the six. I mean, it looked like they were on the uh, on the training pitch. It yeah, was so it, effortless. Yeah, it, they just they played too good a football for West Ham. They just completely overran them um, with their transition and the numbers, the movement. They West Ham had no answer for it. There was no way they were going to be able to clear their lines. It wasn't like a guy came rushing in and slid into the ball. It was, <clears throat> pardon me, men standing inside the six got the ball on their foot and tapped it into an empty net. Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, West Ham played well. West yep. Ham hustled. West Ham went after him. City's just that goddamn good. Yeah. Sorry, Russ. They, <laughs> <laughs> um, they are. They are. There's just, I. easy breezy, beautiful city is just <laughs> what it was. <laughs> You're trying to use my lines. So huh? I couldn't think of a cover girl thing. Well, that's you know what. You Sorry about that. Talk, talk talk about talk about radio professional and not radio professional. Whoops. My my cell phone <laughs> is silenced. All right, mine is now too. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, it wasn't anyway, a second ago. Anyway, back to the football. Um, three different goal scorers again. You just you really can't stop them. Um, the, the wingers are too fast. They're too creative. Um. And they just they just overrun you. They just overpower you. Now that being said, West Ham weren't without their chances. Oh yeah, they had um, chances. They matched them for shots. However, West Ham only managed to put one of those shots on target. Um, they hit the post once. You didn't really worry for City at any point um, at all. No, uh, especially being three 0 up that fast. But the um, I mean, we should certainly talk about the fourth goal. You know, the goal that was one yard. Outside the six, yeah, <laughs> that Sane scored. Yeah, um, you were talking about the wingers. It was goal two was Sane to Sterling. Goal three was Sterling to Sane. Yep, like they were just run right down the field, put the ball in, guy taps it in. It that, was and that was ridiculous. It. Yeah. Um, now the quality of the crosses they put in were absolutely brilliant as well. You can't really discount that. Um, Sane and uh, Ryan Sessegnon, uh, who will come on to later in Fulham's match, uh, pr- put in very similar balls. Um, kind of winger to winger, uh, Sessegnon to Sherla, um, just completely split the defense uh, in that, that dead man zone between the defense and the goalkeeper where it's just behind the defense but they can't react to it and far enough in front of the goalkeeper where they can't really come out and save it uh, before it gets to that point. And then, you know, both wingers did a great job to, uh, to tuck it home. So for the 972nd time, Sam again, I ask you, can Manchester City be stopped? Anyone can be stopped on their day. I'm just going to keep doing that I know. Bit any, until any, it happens. Anyone can be stopped on their day. Now, let's go ahead but and we'll see. Let's go on over to uh uh, Liverpool, bit of a bit of a tough first half. Both keepers looked good, made some nice saves. Um, Ali McBeal making um, a really nice dive. Yeah, which, on uh, Pereira, which, which 
Last year, their two goalkeepers give up dumb goals It'd because goal. they're not paying attention. They're not ready. Yep. They're fine. They fall asleep at the wheel. Allison's doing exactly what they brought him on for. Exactly. And for all of the good work that Ben Foster did in that first half, um, I don't know what he was doing for Salah's opener. It hit him in his upper inner thigh. Oh, yeah. And before it just trickled just in the back of the net. Uh, and then the third one as well, Firmino's uh, header. Um, made a great save initially from Mane, I think it was. Yeah. And then got up. Firmino's just standing there waiting. Header comes in. And he just kind of comes out. I think he punched his own kneecap. There was – wasn't good. He I just kind of spazzed out. I don't know what he – you know, for all the good work he did, he had two moments where it was just like, what are you doing? Well, on that Firmino goal, I would also think he's wondering exactly where the F are my defenders. Well, that's true too, but you still got – how about go deal with the ball first, yell at him afterwards. So, uh, that was going to lead me to my next point. So, Salah, Mane, and Firmino um, – Goals on each end, and uh, Mane with a uh, assist. Big three, starting to roll. Yeah. They're starting to gel. They're doing their thing. Excellent free kick from Alexander-Arnold as well. Has to oh, my God. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, and then also the fun part is um, Jordan Henderson pulling what I like to call a Sam Graham, getting his <laughs> second yellow, not even acknowledging it, just turning around, probably dropping a couple of F-bombs, waving off the ref, and walking down the tunnel as he knew he was being thrown out of yeah, the game. Yeah, he had to come back on to take the captain's armband off and give it to somebody. <laughs> he was halfway down the tunnel, then came back out because of the armband, if, like he forgot. But, yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, two very cynical takedowns uh, kind of blocked people off as they were running. Uh, the first one, um, I think the speed at which it happened kind of saved him, but it almost looked like he took a swipe at the player's uh, the back of his head. May have walked solely for that one, mm-hmm. um, but... Sam, the player. The player. It was great success. Oh, it was success. <laughs> he tried to take his success away. Yeah, he was trying. To, he was also proclaiming that uh, success was pulling on his shirt. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did see it. that as well. But yeah, no, that's definitely in in my in my vein. So, boys and girls in uh, Drunkard United Glory, typically uh, Sam will go out there and he'll crack a few people, um, particularly when he is about to get a red card, which I desperately try to pull him off the pitch and get a sub for him before it happens. He will just come right through, just knock a guy down on the ground, stand over top of him, look at him, turn around and start to walk away. And as the ref is handing the card, he goes, yeah, 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 I know, F off, and just walks off the pitch. And then, and then, and then, as he's walking by me, he'll just look at me and be like, "Should have gotten me off the field." I'm like, <laughs> "Asshole!" That's what I was trying to do. I that's was trying happened. to get yeah. you off the field. That's happened. Um, um, it, it's it's now a two dog race, Sammy. Yeah, absolutely, it is. Um, we'll see what happens again. Liverpool's going to have an uphill task having to play at the Etihad uh, next next go around uh, when they meet. In this week's edition of Oh, so that happened. Fulham 3, Southampton 2, Manchester United 0, Crystal Palace 0. That's right, Reds, you don't get uh, you don't get top billing this week. Huddersfield Town 2, Wolverhampton 0, Brighton 1, Leicester 1, and Newcastle 2, Burnley 1. Uh, Sammy, couple of braces in the uh, Fulham and Southampton match. Yeah, and from an unexpected place. I mean, Aaron Moy is Huddersfield's best player, um, but... Fantastic. I said in the Fulham Southampton match killer. You said couple of braces. Couple of braces, yeah. Armstrong and Mitro. Do you even watch the games, killer? Armstrong scored the other goal too. Yeah, he scored two. Well, I didn't know that. 
Hey, hey, Sammy, welcome to the podcast. How you doing? You should probably read my show notes. Nah, I don't pay attention to that. Yeah, that that's I good. I can't be bothered with that. I did enough research last week, okay? That, that's enough research for the season. Slash, put the Heron needle down <laughs> and play your damn guitar solo. All right, anyway, um, I guess we'll come on to Aaron Moy. Yeah, well, because uh, we're kind of going in order of the games here. New, uh, new manager bounce. Um, I think he's got a lot of work to do with that defense still. I mean, Southampton rarely score goals anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, last time out they did score uh, a couple, well, one, and then got ruled out. It's um, a joke. <laughs> all right, Charlie. <laughs> um, but he did have enough going forward. Some lovely stuff played by Fulham uh, every now and again uh, throughout that game and really did just kind of play around uh, play around Southampton. Mitro's a, a stud. They were a bit stagnant. And Mitro getting it done again, like you said, once with the head, um, and then great technique uh, on that volley uh, after the flick from Sessegnon uh, again. So two assists for him uh, that day. But a great, that very difficult skill to keep that ball down as it was still sitting so high. He just kind of kind of jumped and flung his right foot at it, hit it with his laces on a sweet spot, mm-hmm. but didn't follow through. Yeah, that little whoop, yeah, little hook just, right off the yeah, just of the let post. The, yep. Just let the ball hit him, basically. Let the ball do the work. Right. Um, to all of our degenerate gambling friends, namely one of you, um, as Sam said, the new manager bump. If a bad team fires their manager and they are playing a, another bad team, bet them to win in that match because they are probably going to win. Hence why last week's show, Sam, I gave you the opportunity to change the outcome. Yeah. I figured Absolutely. you would figure and out I think the new we manager did. bump. Yeah. Well, you changed it to a draw from from Southampton winning to a draw. You didn't. Uh, oh, I changed it yeah, to a draw. You did not pick Fulham to win. I was surprised well, you didn't go. Sad. Oh, Fulham to win. That's sad. Yeah, but <laughs> they're they're so bad at the back. I was still kind of nervous. So, and that was right at the death. I mean, that goal was scored in the eighty eighth minute or something, eighty seventh minute, something like that. Right. So um, I almost got it right. You know what? I don't care if they're a big club. I'm getting sick and tired of talking about how shitty Manchester United are. That was yep. Palace outplayed them. Yeah, Palace outplayed absolutely. them. Um, both goals were marginally offside, so the referees did get it correct. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a fairly entertaining nil-nil, but I would more call it a frustrating nil-nil. Sure, you saw some shots, and you you know it wasn't necessarily won and lost in midfield, which for a tactical person – you know, that, that understands that side of the game, um, that nil-nil where it's most of the play is in the middle third, um, you can still kind of get excited for. For the neutral or casual fan, you want to see shots, you want to see saves. That's an exciting nil-nil or hitting post, stuff like that. Uh, most of this was drug wide, um, never really troubling either goalkeeper. No. Um, but each one, saves, but not many. Each one did make a, make a couple saves, but they were routine at best. Yeah. Um, so I'd call this one uh, that kind of third tier of a frustrating nil-nil draw where you wanted – there was anticipation of wanting something to happen and Just needing something to happen, and then happened. it never lived up to the billing. Well, I'm going to leave you with one thought, and then we're going to move on to the next game. Um, Sam, I'm not sure I want to live in a world where Marion Fellaini does not have his sweet, beautiful fro. I did not like the the short hair on Fellaini. That really, really, it hurt. I understand. Hurt. Bring I've, back your sweet fro, Fellaini. I've got one word mm-hmm. for Manchester United drawing Crystal Palace at Old Trafford and Marlon Fellaini with no afro. Mm-hmm. Unacceptable. 
heard. Uh, now, now, Sam, we Aaron can talk Moy. about the Aaron other Moy. brace. Huddersfield <laughs> <laughs> Town 2, uh, Wolves uh, nil. That was, again, Wolves, they're starting to learn what the uh, Premier League's all about. Are all about. Yep. Um, and Aaron Moy uh, is taking the crown from Tim Cahill as the best Australian footballer very well. Yeah. Um, he's definitely the most technically gifted. Uh, maybe uh, Milivojevic from Crystal Palace is, is up there as well, uh, especially for a defender uh, or a defensive midfielder. But Aaron Moy uh, was making some of these Wolves players just look ridiculous. And uh, boys and girls, if you don't know who Timmy Cahill is, he's a former Evertonian. Just retired this week, yeah, actually. And, uh, didn't he score a goal in his uh, send-off, too, I think, in his friendly? I think so. Yeah. I think um, that's true. He uh, And wheeled he, himself in his wheelchair at 38 years old right over to the corner flag to punch it. Yes, he did. <laughs> he typically likes to punch the corner flag. He liked to get a lot of reds because he was a fiery Australian. And uh, he... Um, uh, most notably known for scoring a ton of headball goals, and he was like under six feet tall, which was really amazing. Yeah, I think he's only five ten or five eleven. So um, I can say this much: we are not exactly sure if Huddersfield's going to stay up or not. Um, I think Wagner getting this win saves his job another week. I think the spotlight's firmly on Sparky now at Southampton getting fired. Yeah, I would um, I would agree with that. the The other part of that too is just to further illustrate how tight it is at the bottom of the league. That win until Newcastle's game today. That win took Huddersfield from 20th, I'm sorry, 19th, to 14th. Wow. Yep. That quickly. Yep. That um, one win, that three points, moved them five places up the table. So, like I said, not sure Huddersfield is going to be in the Premier League next year. You know who is going to be in the Premier League next year? Moy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Moy somebody will pick him up. Somebody. You know who could use somebody like that? Hmm. Burnley. Oh, Absolutely. That was that was a disappointing match from Burnley again today. I know. Uh, two, two uh, I'm, to I'm really starting to worry for them. Um, to be honest, we'll come on to it a bit though, because as you reminded me earlier, we're going in order. Well, you said Burnley, so I'm being the consummate professional and rolling along with it instead of calling you out for your really? idiocy. Well, what, so. what happened five minutes ago? So. <laughs> When you're a moron, I have to call you out on it because that was clearly you not listening to me. You know, when I don't listen to you, I miss a bad joke. Right, I'm going to get mom over listen, here to interject When in a you second. don't listen to me, the show goes off the rails, okay? So now we're going to talk about Newcastle Burnley. I'm driving the bus. You make with the color, color man, okay? Um, Got it. Rafa. Rafa winning the games that we know he's going to win. This is This is what Benitez does, man. Yeah, it is. Um, it was a pretty exciting game, uh, actually, which I was a bit surprised at. I thought it would be a, a lot cagier. Um, but Newcastle came out in a blaze of go- uh, a, a glory, then taking Burnley over, which, uh, you know, all got jumbled up there as I was trying to say it. Um, that was about the first 25 minutes, 30 minutes or so, uh, and Newcastle was 2-0 up. Um, and then Burnley took over from there mm-hmm. for the rest of the first half, dragged the goal back. Second half essentially was eight, nine-minute stints of, all right, it's my turn to put pressure on. No, 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 no. It's my turn to put <laughs> pressure on. And then each team would seize the other team's final third up uh, you know, for a few minutes, and then they would finally clear, and then it was the other guy's turn to do it. Um, 
Newcastle really should have scored four or five, to be honest, with the chances they had. Well, they should the have one, at least had three. Yeah, and the one that really comes to mind is Matt Ritchie's, mm-hmm. um, which is the last thing I want to say about this game. And not because Matt Ritchie missed it, although it was so much harder to miss than it would have been to make it. He was literally four feet away from the goal line. Um, but it highlights the goalkeeping frailty and defensive frailty uh, at the moment at Burnley. <laughs> Uh, DeAndre Yedlin, the American, mm-hmm. cut in from the right-hand side uh, in towards the middle of the box, sidesteps uh, one defender. His touch was well too far in front of him. Uh, actually a bit schoolboyish. It wasn't good. Uh, you know, you'd want more from a professional footballer. But DeAndre Yedlin is quite fast. Very fast. Caught up to it. But Joe Hart wasn't even on his toes. The ball hit the six-yard line. Joe Hart was still standing on his line. And it was a good seven or eight yards away from Yedlin. So you you got to feel like if you're paying attention, if you're seeing what's going on as a goalkeeper, your first reaction should be to step towards that ball anyway. Yeah, so your momentum, even, you should already be going towards it. Not even going all the way out, but at least a step off the line yeah, and your something. body gets something. big. You try to yep. make the goal seem no, smaller. He didn't do that. Uh, and the defender was too slow to catch up to Yedlin. Yedlin gets a touch on it first, deflects off the defender, was lucky not to go in the net in the first place, and then Richie steals in front of his defender at the far post, and somehow, instead of using his right foot, which he should have done, which would have taken the ball back towards the middle of the goal, he used his left foot, opened his body up, and put it wide as he was almost standing on the goal line. Yeah, it was, which he was a yard off I the goal I still line. can't figure out how he did. Uh, clipped the outside of the post, hit the side netting, fooled the commentators, and fooled the the score the graphic guys. Yeah. Does the score up in the corner of your screen? Yeah, they put they up, put up Newcastle goal and put up three. It was absolutely ridiculous. Um, terrible all around from the Burnley defense, uh, and especially Joe Hart, and terrible from Matt Ritchie for not finishing it. Heaton's healthy. He's he's a England international now. Granted, Hart at one point in time was an England international. Nick Pope's about a month away. Why on earth are you still playing Joe Hart? Like, is it like on name recognition only? He I don't does know. not deserve to be in the net. So, as as we spoke this afternoon, um, kind of our pre pre show meeting, uh, if you, you know, actually think we do that much work, uh, you asked me to look something up, which I did. Oh, very good. Um, this I'm season, to hear this. Uh, here's what I wrote Joe Hart is a bum. Mm-hmm. Yes. Through now 13 games which is the official one-third way through the season. Um, he's conceded 27 goals, mm-hmm. right? Not even halfway. We're still six games from halfway. Right. He's conceded 27 goals. Nick Pope and Heaton together last season. It was mostly Pope in the net. Heaton was his backup mm-hmm. um, for the most part. But between Heaton and Pope last season, they only conceded 39 goals for the entire year. Jesus. So he's on course right now, right? So 27 and 27 is 54, and another 27 is 81. So he is on course to concede more than double this season what they did last season. It's terrible. Absolutely It's terrible. not good. Okay, so now we'll finally get back to the other game, which was uh, Brighton and Leicester City. Very interesting. They, uh, Brighton was celebrating Glenn Murray's 100th goal for Brighton, and he yep. promptly scored goal number 101 to celebrate. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> it, 
Glenn Murray again. I mean, he's a wily old operator. What are you going to do? Get that man in a three lions jersey just, just, just once. once. You got yeah, to do it, man. You got like to do it. it. Um, other than that, uh, basically, Brighton's a little bit of a one-trick pony. Yeah. Once they get that goal, they kind of try to fall into themselves and then defend. They have a go at, from time to time on a counterattack with Knockhart, uh, you know, running at defenses and trying to clip one up to Murray or something like that. Um, but for the most part, they play a more defensive game after they've scored, especially when they score first. Mm-hmm. Um, they couldn't get that second. Madison had a stupid dive. Yeah. Uh, after a, a silly block off on a counterattack. Two, two minutes apart. Yep. Yellow, yellow, gone. Bye. Yep. So first, they broke after a corner. Brighton did. Uh, and Madison blocked off. I, I forget the player he blocked off, but he blocked someone off and got a yellow for it. Cynical foul. Same thing Jordan Henderson did uh, for his first yellow um, and second. <laughs> but uh, then goes into the box, takes a great touch to bring the ball down under pressure and decided it was a better idea to, instead of trying to cross to cut inside and try to dive um, to win a penalty. And referee was well positioned again. Got it spot on. Gave him a yellow for diving, which is the, is the case. Second yellow. We'll see you, buddy. Red card. I don't know what to tell you. It was, it was a terrible decision. Um, and uh, then later on, a very bad challenge from the Brighton uh, center half. Again, you know, he had to make the tackle. What are you going to do? He just missed the ball and, and took the man. And then, of course, it was Jamie effing Vardy to, uh, to tie it up. Why I don't know why our producer's shaking her head in shame when she loves when we say that it makes no sense to me. So oh, um, now she's giggling. Well, Sammy, let's um, I want to double back because we kind of got through that quickly before we get into our two games. Um, I want to go back to the question that Russ asked last week that we weren't able to get to. All right. Um, do you mind uh, shooting that off for yeah, us? Yeah, sure. Spend a couple of minutes on that real quick. No problem. If the new FA rule kicked in with Brexit, could it decimate Premier League, the Premier League, uh, with a cap on foreign players? causing a mass exodus, and could this start the new Super League with EPL teams leaving? Do you want me to go, go ahead? All yep. right. I, um, know you've, I know you've actually researched this yeah, a little. Yeah, so basically the rule said right now there's a cap of 17 foreign players in your squad of 25 for the Premier League. There is, though, a caveat that if they're a homegrown player, they don't have to be included in the 25. They can just be brought onto the bench and, and – or started in the first team without having to be put on the roster. Right. So 17 out of 25 players are allowed to be foreign. The new rule, what they're asking for, is that 12 players is the max uh, in that 25. Um, the part I couldn't find a solid answer on is what qualifies a homegrown player. So a lot of times teams will bring over young kids from, from foreign lands yeah, at 14, they 15, 16. They spend a year or two in the academy, and then they're brought into the first team. I don't know if because they train them that qualifies them as homegrown or not. So I, I don't know about that part of it. One, but, one would imagine if you're training them, you're educating them, you're housing them. Right. I would think of that as a homegrown player personally. Right. So I just don't know if they have to spend a minimum of three years in the academy or something like that. I, right. I don't know. Um, so I'm not going to uh, comment on that part too much. Um, but the concession that the FA is willing to do is – for a non-European Union player right now, mm-hmm. you have to have played a certain percentage of your country's international games previously um, to get a work permit in England, right? Okay. So here's the caveat. 
we're going to limit you to 12, but that part of the rule is going to go away, right? So you can sign any foreign player you want, and we'll give them a work permit. Okay. But you're only allowed 12. Got it. And Wait, that's it. Which means the Chelsea's of the world sign a bunch of people and loan them all out. Right, which technically they're not on their books, so they can. <clears throat> right. Still. Um, I, I can't They help. can buy them and just leave them out of the squad. Um. Yeah, true. Uh, I, I'll, I'll give one thought on this, and then we'll, we'll go into the last two games. I can't help but think, unlike in America, where the, you know last year we saw a definite divide between uh, politics and our uh, nation's number one sport, American football, there was an absolute divide. There was a drop in numbers. There were people who got offended about you know Kaepernick taking a knee, and I'm not going to get into the politics of all of that, um, but there was definitely a divide. I can't help but think, in England, there's one thing you don't F with. It's the football. It's football. You don't now, F with football. And if you make your your premier – if they make the Premier League weaker because of that, the, the, the people will revolt. Well, yeah. Well, that's their own – that would be their own stupid fault. They would have shot themselves in the foot. And, and on a bigger level, the whole Brexit deal as a whole is starting to fall apart as people that were proponents for Brexit – are like starting to quit cabinets and well, what was the stupid it's thing? Three days after the vote, the number one Google search in Britain was "What is Brexit?" Yeah, after the vote. Yeah, congratulations. So, so you mucked it up. So um, um, while it's while it's a big murky mess, I could also see um, the Brexit as a whole being resolved. You know, not just the, because the, of football, but because the last most people are out on it. Yeah, and the last couple, the last piece about that, at least politically, is I know that a few countries um, in Eastern Europe and in kind of Central Europe, like Italy, Germany, uh, have a lot of British citizens working in those countries. I know that they have already stated, like, no problem. You want to end the free movement of workers, right? Going back and forth as you leave. Well, that's no problem. We'll be more than happy to deport and send back your citizens uh, living and working in our countries right now. Um, and trading, you know, 30% of the Premier League isn't going to make up for the 7,000 regular citizens coming home that are, that are going to need work. Right. And um, now so, won't, suddenly won't have jobs. Right. So that that's not going to – that doesn't equal on either side of the equation, right? Yeah. So there's still a lot of talks that need to be had. There's still a lot of things politically that need to happen. Um, and I know the football is kind of separate from that, right. uh, just in general. Um, and FIFA has a very express written rule that the government is not to interfere in the football association's business. Mm -hmm. Um, you saw that in, um, I can't remember the country. I want to say it was maybe Ukraine when they started their civil war, right. um, that the, you know, kind of everything was kind of falling apart and the government kind of took the FA over and, FIFA threatened to ban them, and then they put a kind of, I don't want to call it a shadow, but they put like a, a shadow puppet kind of person in charge of the FA in Ukraine. I, I believe it was Ukraine. I might be wrong, but put somebody in charge of that just to not be banned from FIFA competition. So I think ultimately what we're kind of getting at here is it's not suddenly going to become a league of only English players, and suddenly there's no foreign players at all playing. There's... There's too much involved as far as money and visas and 
the FA and FIFA already working together. Yep. It's not going to suddenly be a team full of 25-man rosters of nothing but English players right. anymore. And, it, you know, other countries have these limits on foreign players as well. I mean, Spain is only allowed to, to have in their, in their match day squad, they're only allowed to include three non-EU players, for instance. So, I mean, these types of things, and that's to protect young Spaniards coming up to get game time and protect the national team, and which I get. Um, and, you know, the politics can have an effect, but the football really in reality can make its own decision. So we'll see what happens. We both get three points. Neither one of us are drinking Malort. Sammy, why aren't we happy? Arsenal 2, Bournemouth 1. Everton won, Cardiff City nil. Because neither of us were convincing. Uh, no, as, no, not at all. Nope. Um, yours was a little bit more straightforward than mine was, though. Um, Cardiff, as usual, didn't have much going forward, mm-hmm. uh, although they did threaten on a couple of set pieces. Uh, and there was one absolutely magnificent strike from the middle of the field uh, in the second half that um, Jordan Pickford had to deal with and dealt with it admirably. Mm-hmm. But it was a... Stone Cold Killer hits what that boy does, man. <laughs> if that ball had hit him anywhere other than his hands, it may have killed him. <laughs> yeah, that, it was a it was rocket. A, it was. Uh, that was pretty good. Um, but you did get the suspicion throughout the ma- uh, throughout the match, the match <laughs> throughout the match that um, it wasn't going to be Everton's day. Uh, you did miss a couple of chances. You had some opportunities. Some yeah. weird shit happened. Uh, but it all in all, it turned out okay. We, we um, had, I think we had chances, but you, that's that's one of those games when you have those kind of chances. You want it to be three to nil, not oh, yeah, one yeah. to nil. And, and the, I mean, one nil. The way they were being missed and the saves that were being made, you almost felt like there was like a piece of plexiglass in front of the goal kind of deal. You know, it's just not and, my day to day. And we got lucky, Coleman. That was a penalty. Coleman fouled in you the box. You think so? It was a penalty. He got him. He got him. He got his leg. I thought he I got mean, the ball. I mean, he went. He went as well. He went down soft. I mean, he got a little bit of the ball, but he got he got enough of the leg. Hey, well, I got and, the ball, mate. Yeah, it just he <laughs> That's was. What I'd be saying. It was yeah. It, that, that was. Fortunate to not have a penalty called because yeah. that's one of those games where you would have walked away with one-one at home. Going, we should have really. Yeah. Why the hell didn't we get three? Well, to, Theo did really well uh, after he intercepted that ball, um, <clears throat> evading his defender running through. Now he should have just dumped off to Gilfie in the first place, and luckily he caught the shot sweetly enough that the uh, goalkeeper could only deflect it uh, and kind of parry it back into Gilfie's path because um, it should have went to Gilfie in the first place. But at that point, he was left with an open net and just tapped away. Um, good on him. Uh, do want to have a quick mench. Uh, Gilfie, a former Swansea City player uh, who was in the Premier League last season, um, <laughs> but played for Swansea two or three years ago. I don't remember when he got the transferred to The away fans did not no. like any. Every time they know he like touched that. the ball, they nope. were booing. They know <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, Cardiff and Swansea obviously have the biggest rivalry in Wales. Uh, and both play in the English system. Um, so, Gilfie, a former Swan, uh, scoring against Cardiff, did no go over so well with the Cardiff fans. No go over so well. <laughs> no go um, over so, so well. So, I was going to get to, like I, I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, Andres Gomez and Idris Agay has is becoming a beautiful partnership. Yeah. They are looking really good together. I mean, I don't follow the, uh, Everton as closely as you do, obviously. And <laughs> mm-hmm. Andre Gomez, for me, kind of came out of nowhere. He had a hell of a game today. Oh, he was he yesterday. Was, he was man of the match. Saturday. Yes, yeah, Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, a couple <laughs> I'll get there eventually. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he was he was man of the match. A uh, 
probing. Um, you know what I was most impressed with? What's that? One of those kind of players where you cannot take the ball off his foot. Yeah. Oh, uh, you remember? Like it was glued to his foot. Do you remember Alexander like, Kleb? Yes. They used to play the Belarusian. Mm-hmm. Literally the best Belarusian that's ever lived in his life. But it's like the ball and his foot had like a very soft Velcro mm-hmm. where while he was dribbling, couldn't get it off him. Uh, in, in, the, in the U.S. for the U.S. men's national team, uh, Nagby. Yeah. T- tell me the Darlington time Nagby. you've yeah. seen Darlington Nagby exactly. get lose dispossessed. The ball. Yeah. You have maybe a bad pass, but never dispossessed. You, you He's never held in possession because it's yeah. never happened. Right, exactly. <laughs> the man does not get the ball taken yep. off his foot. If the ball is taken off his foot, it's because the ref just blew the whistle because he just got fouled. <laughs> yeah, it was kind that, of the same thing. That's brilliant. I, I have an, a good appreciation for a player like that. Now playing against him is frustrating as hell. I, I so I'd like to see where some I would changes. get most of my cards. True. <laughs> yeah, you just because you just kick him. Like, you know what? You're like, oh, you're gonna get by you're me. You're doing this all game. <laughs> you're gonna yeah. get by me. Tell me how your shin feels. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> so the I'd like to see some changes out of the lineup. Unfortunately, it's it's Darby week next week. You 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 can't you can't change the lineup. Like I'd love to see Lookman get a start. You well, he had a, a, a neat little dance there at the end where he almost scored. A couple, which I, I don't want to take it away from the kid because I love what I saw in those instances. Yep. But the minute he came in for Theo, he decided he was playing next to Gilfie. And it's like, no, you're a right. winger. You're fast. Get wide. Right. Go to goal. But he also and, has a defensive responsibility. So when right. he decides he's going to do that, he leaves a gap. Uh, and for, fortunately, you got one of the best right backs in the world in Seamus well, Coleman. Fair enough. But, but Coleman but, does like to bomb forward as well. Right. Uh, you can't from time put to time, provide that width, which, you know, could be worrying, could leave a gap behind. Um, and that's something you got to talk to. The, not you personally, obviously, because right. I'm sure you would have done it I already. I got you. I'll, I'll fly over. Uh, I'll, I'll schedule a meeting with Marco. We'll get that shit done. Hey, come here. <laughs> I got something to say to you. As, <laughs> as, as a fellow manager, Marco, we're going to talk right, about yeah. uh, we gotta overall talk formation about and strategy. Talk we're about work on that real quick. He's um, not buying into his role. I, I would say um, it, it's uh, it, get a 3-0 win, and I'd feel a whole lot better. Going into the Merseyside Derby, yeah, than than a one nil win. I'm um, with you. Likewise, going to your game, uh, the Cherries they came to play, man. They brought it to you. Best they finish really I, brought it. To best you. finish I'd seen all season. Whew. Was uh, what's his name, Lerma? Yeah, best yeah. finish I've ever seen. <laughs> too, too bad it was an own goal. <laughs> I think it was brilliant. <laughs> For me, it was fantastic. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. Remember the um, God, I can't remember his name. Um, it was against Wolves. I think it was Hutter. No, it wasn't Huddersfield. It was um, Brighton. One of the no, it was Wolves player against Brighton. One of their deba- defensive backs headed a ball like perfectly into the upper nine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I own. do remember that. It's yeah. like week three or four. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> In fact, I even made reference to how beautiful the header was. Too bad it was yeah, into their own, own net. net. Yeah. Same same thing. I mean, it was a gorgeous shot. Just too bad it was at your own so, goalie. Yeah. <laughs> a shame. I mean, he had to deal with it. He had to do something. Um, just ended up putting it in his own net. Caught it pretty clean and too central. Um, um, it was a little unlucky. Uh, feel free to go ahead and put on your uh, Gunners. No, know, I'm not going to. Right I'm now. not going to. Brooks was on sides. Uh, the f- the one he actually scored on sides. I'd Mustafi have to, was laying on the ground. I don't think. And he was behind Mustafi. I don't think Goal. that the replay was conclusive. Mm-hmm. The second one. That Leno saved, he was definitely onside. That the ref, he was definitely onside for sure. Yeah, so um, I don't know. No, really seriously. Colored Gunner glasses seriously. you wearing there. 
I don't know if the replay that I saw, I don't know that first one that he actually put away. I don't know if he was actually onside uh, or not. Um, I don't know that it would have been conclusive. Now, we controlled most of the game. Right. Yeah, you did. But they had the better of the chances by far. Um, because defensively, they fell back into a back five with two in front of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we just, for whatever reason, couldn't find the answer to break them down. Um, and they were hitting us on the break. We had a lot of attacking players on the field. Uh, and it kind of made me a little nervous, thought we were going to be exposed. And we were. Yeah. Um, but Leno came up big two or three times. Um, there. And the one piece of brilliant football mm-hmm. we played resulted in a goal. Qu- quietly tied for the uh, Premier League as the leading goal scorer. Yes, sir. A bomb a yang. A bomb a yang. A bomb a yang. A bomb a yang. Name assassin. <laughs> he's still he's still uh, holding hands with Tim Cahill down there. He's got a boomerang. <laughs> Heard. Hey. Is <laughs> <laughs> that um, a stretch? <laughs> uh, here's here's the big thing I noticed the uh, the cherries attacking players put a lot of high pressure on you. Spurs. Yep. Put a lot of high pressure on Chelsea. Yep. Are you ready for if they do that to you? That's that's not that's not a good sign of things to come for for the North London derby. No, but that being said, Tottenham is much more adventurous going forward. I think they will leave gaps for us to exploit. Um, the question is whether or not we can exploit them. Really. Um, I think Socrates can keep up with Harry Kane. I think Torreira uh, can stifle Erickson. The problem is who then is going to stifle um, Deli Alley. Yeah. That's what I'm worried about. Um, if we overload the midfield and, you know, maybe put Dyer under a bit of pressure, we might be able to get some, you know, some balls coughed up there. Uh in an advanced position for us. Um, but we'll see what happens. I'm a little nervous about it. I've put, you know, kind of put my heart out. Dare, dare in the I predictions. Say, dare I say both of us a little squeaky bum time going into yeah, a our bit. Uh, derbies. Yeah. A little bit. All right, kids time to tell you what very little we know. It is prediction time. So Sammy, both you and I did the exact same this week. We both went six and four. We also both predicted to a game apiece, completely correct via score. Ah, so we really um, did tie. Yeah. Um, so your record is now sixty-two and forty-eight, and my record is now sixty-four and forty-six. Um, yes. So what's that? I'm two games back. Yeah, you're two games back. Still. That's not bad. Still two games back, Sammy. Not a third of the way through the season. The important thing is, is if you're betting our tried and true system, you kids are winning cash money, and you're winning more cash money if you were betting with me. Well, that would depend on the odds, wouldn't it? Friday Night Lights, boys and girls. We have Cardiff hosting struggling Wolverhampton, who I think is now four on the bump of as far as losses, or five unbeat, uh, five without a win. I mean, they're I'll not doing well. Um, I can't help but think... Um, that the Wolves are going to be able to figure out a familiar foe because this is somebody they were playing down in the championship last season. I see um, two to one to the Wolves. Really? Yeah, two to one at to Wolves. Cardiff. At Cardiff, I see two to one to Wolves. Huh. I'm giving you a chance to change it. 
Nope, two to one Wolves. All right. Um, don't worry. I got about, one one. I was gonna say, don't worry about the uh, the, the the stat that I threw out there. It's okay. Let's uh, keep rolling. Um, so Saturday, no early game. Go deep, kids. You don't have to be up uh, if you're on the East Coast. You don't have to be up till ten in the morning. Um, Burnley heads to Crystal Palace. I'm going to take a scoring draw on this one, Sam, even though I think Palace is probably playing better football right now. I got 2-1 to Palace. I think they created a ton of chances. They're going to go in with a lot of confidence, and Burnley's struggling, especially if they leave Joe Hart in the net. <laughs> um, and it was one draw in their last five. Uh, the one, other four were losses for got Wolves. Got it. Good. So, uh, high-flying Huddersfield, the Terriers. Yes. You said 1-1 one, one yes. for that one? No. Okay. Uh, yeah, I said a scoring draw. 1-1. One, one. Okay. Well, you can score and draw at 3-3. Three, three. Okay. <laughs> scoring as in one goal apiece. 1-1. One, one. Thank you. High-flying Huddersfield. The Terriers uh, are going to host Brighton, but I still see the Seagulls winning 2-1. to one. Ooh. Because it's on the road, mm-hmm. and Huddersfield's recent form is that of a team that is playing with confidence, even though... At times, it could be reckless abandon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw. This is, this is going to be interesting because you and I are definitely picking against each other so far. Um, the, you said 2-1 Brighton, right? I said 2-1 Brighton. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm about to win a lot. Or you're about to lose a lot. The uh, Foxes play host to Watford. Uh, this will be an interesting match without Madison, but... Uh, uh, I'm going two to one to Watford, and uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it ended up being a draw. But I'm still I'm still going to go two to one to Watford. I've got two one Leicester. There we go. Um, the cherries start the impossible, daunting month of December. Yeah, as they as they head to the Etihad to play City. I'm going to give them a goal. The problem is, is City's going to score four in a four-to-one romp. Ooh, I've got five-to-one. <laughs> Here's my go. tiebreaker win. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the final midday match has uh, the game that I'll be watching, and it's it's not going to be on TV. It'll be on uh, gold. But um, West, West Ham heads up to um, St. James Park to face Newcastle. I'm going to take the Hammers three-to-two in what should be a really entertaining game. I see a very entertaining game as well, but I see it being a one-one draw got it Alrighty, and the late game has uh it's it's the perfect game for united to stop being united um as they head south to face the abysmal southampton although our prayers will be elsewhere yeah. that united continues to be united <laughs> i two nil to united despite jose just the team's too damn good and southampton's just that bad and Sparky gets fired after the match. I've got 2-1 to Man United. Um, because Southampton, the last two times out, even though they had an international break, uh, did score a couple of goals. Uh, and I think they'll keep going. And Man United has their problems. Um, now, they won't be as adventurous uh, as they were against Fulham. Uh, but I do think they'll get a goal. I think 2-1. So, there's no Monday night football. The reason why there's no Monday night football because Sunday, Sunday is so good. Is that damn good. Boys and girls, make plans to be up early. We have three derbies one day. Honestly, three of the top five derbies in, in, in the fo- country in football. Yeah. 
Um, the only other ones I would say that are up there with that would be uh, the Manchester Derby now because City happens to be good. Yep. And and then the uh, time wear between Sunderland and Newcastle. In the country, yes. Yeah, I would know. agree with that. The the second City Derby's good. Birmingham and Aston Villa uh-huh. uh, is a good derby. That happened this past weekend, didn't it? Yeah, I think Villa won as yeah, well. Yeah, 4-2. Down in the championship. Yep. <clears throat> See, we only talk about the Premier League, but we know everything. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's not give ourselves that much credit, Killer. Because um, that just means people are going to start emailing us every time we're wrong. Yeah, well, Thank if, you for opening that door, uh, asshole. That was if, beautiful, really. If I you ever, um, If you listen back to our first uh, one-on-one show when we talk about derbies and what they actually are, yeah. um, in world football, there's derbies about every different reason for having a derby right whether it's a turf war whether it's a, a religion thing whether it's a political thing and right. and and that kind of stuff um these are three of the best turf war derbies that there are in the world so let's get started the seven o'clock in the morning game wow. has and the be up for it west london derby and while fulham might not be playing particularly well they finally did get a win fulham versus chelsea in quote-unquote the wealthiest part of the city, is a downright grudge match. Yep. The two firms are mean. Yep. They beat the crap out of each other. Yeah. Like, the the Merseyside derby is a big deal, but at least the city is friendly. Like, you yeah. have the red door so and the So is the North door. London derby. I mean, we're uh, not friendly towards each other, but our two firms suck. The, the, West, <laughs> the West London no. derby? There's some hard men over there. No, they, that's where they sit down like gangs of New York ahead of time and be like, yeah. you know, you know, knives, yes. Bats, yes. Chains, yes. Guns, no. That a boy. Be civilized. That, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. <you> know? <laughs> I mean, th- this is, this is you know, West Ham Millwall just on the other side of the city in the This is part. Chelsea Smiles, yeah. my friend. This is Chelsea Smiles. That's it. Um, so who do you got? Uh, it's going to be a tough one, mm-hmm. uh, but I think Chelsea rebounds. I think they're three-one uh, winners at the Bridge uh, against Fulham. I just think they're too leaky at the back. They will probably pull back a consolation goal, um, maybe off a Metro header, off a free kick kind of thing. I'm going one more goal just because it's the Derby and uh, Claudio Ranieri is going back to to uh, coach at Chelsea for the hated Fulham. I'm yeah. going to go three to two to Chelsea. God, this is such a good good day. I can't wait for Sunday. <laughs> it is going to be such a great day. I know. Get yourself a bottle of Tito's, grab a thing of Bloody Mary mix, and just drink all day. Day drinking. It's lots a, and lots uh, of day it's drinking. It's so good. This is going to be so uh, good. And I, I forgot to check, but I can't remember if the Redskins play at one. But if they do, it's like we watch all three games and then start watching the Redskins yeah. play, which would be it, better. Us being in the nation's capital. D- so. It is worth it. Go out this week. Get your wife. A Manny Petty gift card, get her a massage, send her out for the day, let her go to the spa, and you just sit there, get pilt, and watch football all day. And just let her know at 4 o'clock you'll be in bed for the (laughs) rest of the night. I'll see you Monday morning. All right, so that leads us into the next game, the 9 o'clock in the morning game here on the East Coast, the North London Derby, Arsenal versus Tottenham. Boys and girls, this is Redskins Cowboys. This is this is Ravens Pittsburgh. This is the this is the turf war of turf wars. There is these are two teams that just flat out hate each other. And while Arsenal is not walking into this with I'd say the most confidence after getting that win, um something to realize 
this is very one-sided. This is the way the Yankees and the Red Sox used to be, where the Red Sox could just never beat the Yankees. Spurs can never beat Arsenal. It doesn't matter if Spurs are like undefeated, top of the league. Arsenal's in 20th place. Arsenal wins. They just always somehow figure out the way to win. Up until the last couple years, yeah. So I'm going to go 2-1 to one to the Gunners. So like I said, it's it's at the Emirates. Arsenal's the better team at, I mean, in their in their building. Just Spurs love to throw up all over themselves in this match. They, they just love to, to, to choke in this match. Yeah, they do, um, and a, especially at our place. Uh, a quick programming note. Um, you bought yourselves a reprieve. Drink even more during these games because the Skins play the Eagles on Monday Night Football. Oh, nice. Which okay. means we can't watch it as we record. Oh, <laughs> anyway, uh, back to the football we're all here for. Oh, yeah, we do have a TV We do have a TV in here. We're totally going to have the We already suck enough. We, do, we don't need <laughs> we a distraction. We don't need a distraction yeah. of us yelling at the TV the whole time and my back to the TV so I can't watch the damn thing. <laughs> right, and I'm going to have to commentate for you as you're telling us about, as you're outlining while I color. All right, so. Got um, it? So, anyway. Sammy, um, what do you think, that, how do you think this is going to turn out? Uh, I think we're going to start slow again. Um, I don't think they're going to capitalize. Uh, and I have us winning 1,475 to nil. That sounds like a pretty fair score. Yeah, just kidding. You're, I think we got it 2-1, seriously. You're I think, taking the over on that. <laughs> I think they're going to score. No, Pat, don't take the over on that. It was a joke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I do think they're going to score as we tend to start slow. However, it is a derby. We might come out you know, all guns blazing like we did against Liverpool. Um, I do think they're going to score a goal, uh, but I, I do have a 2-1 at home. I, I really do. I, I think we I think we've got enough in the tank for this one. So Sam at eleven, no offense to your North London Derby, the mother of all derbies. What, then, what'd you have for that game? I didn't write it down. I went two to one to uh, Arsenal. Also, oh, yeah. all right, good. We agree on one. Yeah, on one. That's um, the mother of all derbies, Merseyside Derby, and I think it's probably because just Liverpool is a smaller city than um, London, and there's really only two clubs in Liverpool. And let's face it, the history of Everton playing at Anfield, having the rent raised, yeah. being kicked out. And even still, you're actually closer in distance than we are. One mile, a park. Yeah. Lord Stanley's Park. Yeah, I think we're one and three quarters or two miles apart uh, yeah. down Seven Sisters Road, down on our side. Mm-hmm. And ours is ridiculously fierce. <clears throat> You are directly across a park from one another. I, you know? I walked across that park after yep. a uh, after a, an Everton match, unfortunately one that we lost to you a couple seasons ago. And I walked on over. I walked right. Is that up the to one the, where Alexis Sanchez sat in the stand? Uh, no, but that was two scored, years ago. He scored in that okay. one though. He was, that was uh, two a Wobie and him scored in that. Um, yeah. Um, but uh, I, I walked across. I looked right at the cop and. Uh, Stuck my middle finger out proudly just to let them know what I thought. There you go. Um, Nobody was there, by the way. So, um, <laughs> Sammy, um, it's at Anfield. We never perform well at Anfield. We never perform well at Anfield. Let me reiterate. We never perform well at Anfield. I am not going to pick my team to lose. I refuse to do it. I am going to go 1-1, and then after you make your prediction, I'm going to tell you all the scenarios that could possibly happen. I would not be surprised if I'm drinking Malort next week. Um, 
when you asked me to pick this game, I to be honest, I don't, I don't even know who these two teams are because it's North London Derby Day. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, uh, with Liverpool's uh, recent run of form, uh, basically since the first day of the season, <laughs> uh, in terms of recent memory, I'm going to go ahead and say that Liverpool will win 2-1. to one. Um, But it's a derby. This is one of the most fiercely contested derbies in the country. Uh, and um, you, despite you not performing well, you really can in this match in particular, uh, as well as the, the North London derby, even more so than the Manchester derby we spoke about a few weeks ago, mm. you can throw form out the window. Um, Three years ago, completely. we went into Anfield and Jagielka scored a, a ball that floated out of the box on a corner in the 94th minute to exactly. tie 1-1. Um, Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, and you, you think of uh, at, at Goodison, Dirk Kalt's karate kick. Uh, mm-hmm. Tackle uh, that he got sent off for. Never seen him do anything like that ever in his career, let alone in the last three, four seasons um, before that. And came in studs up uh, with his lower leg being a foot or two off the ground. Um, it, it just, it you really can throw everything out the window. I just think they have more going forward uh, in terms of uh, being lethal and being ruthless enough to take their chances. You will have chances. Depends who they fall to. If it's Theo Walcott, get nervous. Mm-hmm. If it's Gilfie or Richarlison, you might be okay. Um, so it, it, it's going to be fine margins, but uh, I do think Liverpool comes out 2-1. Four, four years ago, uh, we finished the game with nine men because of two red cards, and uh, John Stone had a tummy ache. Um, we, <laughs> yeah, remember that one? We lost 4-0. Yeah, he left with, 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 with stomach. He, he left with the shits. Uh, <laughs> and... <laughs> Hey, um, boss, I got to take a dump. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. Yeah. Um, here, Here's how now I Now, that can... being said, Theo Walcott loves scoring in derbies, by the way. Yes, he does. If you remember, when he t- – I, I think it was when he tore his ACL. Yeah, now, that going was, off the pitch with yeah. his fingers now, up that two was, to nil. That was in the FA Cup, though. Right. Um, again, the magical first round that will be coming up uh, the first weekend in January mm-hmm. uh, where we drew Tottenham and we won 2 nil. Mm-hmm. Um, but Theo, uh, after uh, I don't even know that he scored. I, I actually no, I think he did score the second goal. Um, but it was at White Hart Lane, and they were throwing corns at him as he was being stretchered off the pitch. And he leaned so he, up from he the stretcher. Up from the stretcher, yeah. He sat up from the stretcher, and even in the immense amount of pain he was in, put a smile on his face, the biggest cheesy up, grin ever, and just put up. <laughs> Two fingers on one hand, two, right? And then held up a fist on the other hand yep. to nil. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's what we won by. All right. So the scenarios that can happen. Um, first off, um, Richarlison's getting a red. If Richarlison's, ah, not get, if Richarlison's not getting a red. I think he's learned from his mistake. Yuri Mina is definitely oh, yeah. getting a yeah. red. So the question is, is when does the red happen? If the red happens in the first 10 minutes, we lose 4 nothing. Um, if we score a goal and the red happens in like the 60th minute, maybe we tie 1-1 or we lose 2-1. to one. Um, Who knows, maybe two reds happen because, well, that's happened before. Yep. <laughs> the, the, it has. I'm just going to – I might – tweet a, a, a little I'm gonna just be sitting there on the edge of my couch having a slight heart attack this is um, the last game of the day right this yeah, is at the, 11 the last game of the week I might be picking up my Christmas tree for this one. Oh yeah I hear just you picking kidding. up your Christmas tree for that one <laughs> just kidding
All right. Uh, so in the latest edition of I'm Too Old for This Shit, uh, we tied 5-5 um, again. Uh, Arsenal Syndrome. We started 3-0 down, essentially spotted them a three-goal lead. No, it's not Arsenal Syndrome. It's Drunkard United Syndrome because yeah. it's what we do every single week. We go, here, go up 3 nothing. We like adversity. Now what we'll it is. play. We all work hard, and we all like to overcome adversity. It's about personal challenge. That's so right. Personal challenge each um, week on the pitch. So we played okay. Uh we no, definitely no, had some no, chances. No, 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 no. We played okay. Mikey, on the other hand, was a stone yeah. cold killer. Yeah. <laughs> Mikey was four, getting it. Scored our first four and then assisted number five for the tie. So, yeah, Mike, Mikey was getting it. Give, give, give the boys uh, and you know yourself included, since you were out there, kind of, Mister. What is that supposed Mr. to mean? Constantly, Jesus. I'm tired. Give me a sub. That, um, listen, I couldn't breathe, man. <laughs> What, do you want me just out there sucking wind and not doing anything? Um, allow me to remind you, Amir, um, 10 years ago, ago was, hey, old man. Who's Amir? Amir, 10 oh. years ago. Hey, hey, old man. Hey, old man. Come on. Why are you complaining about your knees? Why See, are you complaining about flustered. your hips? That's all you used to do is bust my balls all the time about me going, man, I'm really feeling it tonight. Man, I'm sore. You're like, shut up, old man. Let I'm going to live forever. Can I tell you, can I I tell you something real quick? I can't breathe. Can I tell you something real quick? Uh-huh. So, <laughs> can, on Saturday. Can you, can you get it out without losing your breath? Yeah. On on Saturday. <laughs> you just lost your breath. On Saturday. I lost my breath because of your stupidity. Um, on Saturday, we had my father's. That would be brilliance. We had my father's third annual memorial soccer game. Absolutely. Uh, since his passing, um, he coached for twenty five years in the Boys and Girls Club, and of course, you know we don't have jerseys, we don't have you know that kind of stuff. So it's bring a light shirt and a dark shirt, mm-hmm. and we'll put the light shirts against the dark shirts, and we'll pick teams beforehand. Blah blah blah. Right. Mm-hmm. So we had these shirts made up after his death, and I wanted to find that shirt because it's a long sleeve. So I, I would have been warm, and it was a light shirt, and that's what I wanted to wear. I was knelt down in my closet <laughs> in kind of the squat, you know, on the balls of your feet. where mm-hmm. you're, Yeah, and I was looking through stuff, and I stood up and turned at the same time and wrenched a, uh, a ligament in my left ankle, the same one that I hurt over the summer, um, towards the end of the summer that on this show I've spoken about put me out for about four weeks. Um yeah, just doing that. So I apologize for all the things I've said to you. I've hit the cliff, and I have now fallen off the cliff. Just doing that little shit so, has set me back uh, probably two weeks. So what you're saying is, yet again, I give you worldly advice, you ignore it, and then you come back to me later in your life and go, oh my God, Sam, you were right. It's only ever happened once before this, and it was about a woman. Mm. So... <laughs> Cut. No, not twice. Once. <laughs> Maybe that's where you put it. <laughs> Excuse me. This is a family show for the most part. And that was too far above and beyond. <laughs> that's that's for you to interpret. I just slipped Anyway, the thank you for joining us this evening. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Yeah, actually, actually, hey, Sam, you got a long outro here. Remember, we're doing November rain. There's a whole lot of music. Let's see how good you are. <laughs> Sammy, any parting words, Kebab King? I do, uh, actually. Kebabs are life. Um, if you haven't noticed, uh, those local listeners in Canton Square, there is a lovely kebab place. The best drunk food you could ever have. I was all over Instagram about it. Uh, in a drunken stupor, very excited. 
I will be going back there again after Derby Sunday. In his house, hunched over, taking pictures of himself. Very unflattering. My wife just, took that picture, which she made eating, me put up on the Instagram. Eating kebabs. Also, uh, I do want to mention that the DU football show will be on Twitch uh, next week for our predictions. Mm-hmm. Um, on Twitch, we are DU football show. Uh, all one word, all lowercase, uh, as usual. Um, and we will be... Uh, as the kids say, twitching. <laughs> uh, next uh, next week's predictions. Um, so follow the old Twitter uh, for an update on the exact time. Um, but it will be on Monday night, and it'll be sometime during the eight o'clock hour. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us again. For Sam Graham, this is Sam Houston. Kids about to get really effing hectic for the next month uh, in the Prem. So we're going to keep the schedule to Monday night for to record for a Tuesday show. We're not going to be able to talk about every game and every team. But if there's something you want to talk about specific, drop us a line. Till next week, everybody, good night. Good night. Neither one of you recognize my brilliance. No respect. No respect. No at respect. All. Respect. Respect. <laughs> Three. Respect. No respect.